Okay, good morning, everyone. Today we'll be some, uh, learning Daf Pei Beis, Bezrat Hashem, Mesechah's Pesachim. The snow slowed us down a little bit, but it didn't stop us. Baruch Hashem, we made it. So the Mishnah on Pei Aleph Amid Beis is where we begin. And we have an amazing, amazing din. The idea is that we've been trying to avoid Tuma, I mean, we were talking about how we we have the majority right of Klal Yisrael uh, betuma. The korban pesach can be brought betuma. If you have the minority betuma, you bring in pesach sheni. Okay, but now regarding the disposal of this of of uh, the korban that gets tame, the Mishnah has an amazing halacha as follows. Says the Mishnah. Nitma shalem marubo. Okay? So this is really, any, any korban it looks like that becomes tameh in this particular case, but we are going to talk about the korban Pesach, of course. So nitma shalem marubo. If most or the, the entire or the robe of the korban becomes tameh, sorfin oso lifne habira me'atse hama'aracha. Okay, what do you do? You burn the korban, right? Because it's tame now. Now, a korban becoming tame, is that an avoidable thing? Well, uh, yes, because when you have something that's tahor, you are, and if you are completely diligent and very careful, you can keep that thing tahor, right? In this particular case, we're going to talk about the korban pesach, let's say, right? So, if most or all of the Korban Pesach becomes Tameh, then you're going to bring it to a special place. And it's the, what the Bira is, is actually a Machlokas. It's somewhere on the Har Habayis. But the point is, it's like the town square, essentially, where it's public, okay? It's public over there. And where you have to publicly burn your Korban and make a spectacle out of the burning of the Korban, why? In order to shame the individual who was not diligent enough to keep his Korban Pesach Tahar and to shame that individual and thus, right, scare people off in the future from, uh, being so, um, from being so negligent, right, in, with their Korban Pesach to allow that Korban Pesach to become Tameh. So that is what I mean when I say it's an incredible halacha, but there's another incredible wrinkle to it that we will discuss, which is what the Mishnah is saying, that you use the atzei amaracha. It's embedded in that halacha. What's the atzei amaracha? Well, the base of Mikdash has its own wood that you use, right? So when you come and you have to burn right, your carbon Pesach because you weren't careful enough and now you've wasted it, and you made a tummy, you get to use the wood of the base of Mikdash. Keep that in mind as we learn more, and you'll see an, an amazing halacha embedded within the amazing halacha. Okay. Be that as it may, that's what you do if most or all of the carbon Pesach becomes tummy. Continues the Mishnah. Nitma mi uto. But if, right, the minority of the carbon Pesach becomes only a piece of it, becomes tummy. Vehan noisar. Or, if you have leftover meat, right? In this case, Right? It's Tahor, but it was left over past the deadline. Right? So if you have that, um, So there, you still do have to burn it, right? Because it is, in fact, possible, 
right? But it has a different kind of psal. It's not mostly tameh, or it's itself was left over. It's a, it's a, more of an external, right? Uh, kind of psal, not an inherent psal, as the Gemara will flesh out, right? So then you burn it in your house. Now, the whole idea of sorfer, whether you are allowed to even do that is a very, very big sugya. I was at a wedding last night, Rabbi Gross, uh, told me that he's going to be discussing this in his Ion Shear come Sunday. Hopefully they'll clear out the snow by then. But at that point, you burn it in your own backyard, as it were. You don't have to make a spectacle out of it. You have to burn the meat, not nonetheless, but you don't make a spectacle out of it. And additionally, you do it me'atse atzman. Once you do it in your own house, then you use your own wood already, right? Your own, uh, firewood that you, that you chop down yourself or bought yourself. Okay. Now. Hatsaikonim, Tsaikonim means cheapskates. So Hatsaikonim, Sorfenosolifne Habira. So if you're too cheap to buy your own wood, okay, then they used to do what? In other words, like this. A guy who has self-respect, right, probably won't want to make a spectacle out of burning his carbon. So if he can get away with doing it in his own backyard, Right, which again, we'll talk about the lumdas. Hopefully, God willing, I'll hear the shear and I'll be able to relate it to you. Right, how how that works. But given a choice, most people would want to burn it in in private, right? Because it's really an embarrassment that you got your korban tame, and it's not like something that you want to uh, do in public. However, if you're a cheapskate, you take advantage of the fact that burning it in the bira allows you to not have to buy your own firewood, right? Because whenever you burn it in the bira, albeit a embarrassing spectacle, at least the wood is free. So the cheapskates, and we might know people like this, who would rather be embarrassed as long as they don't have to pay an extra five bucks for the firewood, right? So those guys, that's what the Mishnah means when it says, Saikon in Sorfen Oso Lifnei Habira. Bishvil Lehanos Me'atze Hamaracha. There it is, Beferish. The reason they're doing it, Lefnei Abira, they have a choice. In other words, it's not like it's usser to burn it, Lefnei Abira. I mean, you burn it where you want to burn it. In fact, we allow you to use the Atzei Marocha. Now, it's a chiddush that you're allowed to use the Atzei Marocha altogether because all the hektesh things are technically, ideally supposed to be used, right, for purposes of, of the karbonos, right? So to, to appropriate those hectic things for things for burning a carbon is is actually going to be right. All of this is as we're going to see in the Gemara. There are bonans to allow to send the messages that we need to send uh, for the people to be careful with their carbon, as well as for the people to to incentivize them to keep them to her. Okay, so a very interesting uh, concept. So now the Gemara is going to ask as follows. My time. What's the reason for this halacha? And it says a beferish. Amar Yosi Barchanina Vaishan. Right. So, in case you had any doubts, it's shaming. It's to shame people into the proper behavior and incentivize them to keep their kabanos tahar. What is the Torah's attitude towards shaming? We're not. We're not going to say it yet. We're, we're, we're going to continue um, until we get a fuller picture. But be that as it may, the Mishnah, the uh, Gemara continues. Nitma miyuto. Okay, so now, what if only a minority of it got burned? So the Gemara says, Uriminhu. Well, we have a, right, we have a Mishnah that we learned earlier, and it says, Kodesh. 
Let's say somebody left Yerushalayim, remembered that he had Vasar Kodesh with him. Im avart sofim, sarfobim so we said back over there that if he passed the place called Sofim, like Hart Sofim, so-called, if you might recall, because you could still see, right, the Harabayas from there. So then, Sorfobim Komo, right? So then he burns it where it is, okay? Vim Lav, as we finally arrive on Pei Bezamad Aleph, Chozer, right? So then he has to go back to Yerushalayim. In other words, typically you have to burn it in Yerushalayim. But let's see, if he is still within the confines of radius, closer than Sorfim, then you have to go back to Yishalayim, v'sorfo lifnei habira me'atzei ha'maracha. Right? Then you have to burn it, as we say, lifnei habira and the atzei ha'maracha. So that is a stira. Why? Because the Mishnah over there, right, is talking about even if you burn a minority of it. Not when you burn a majority of it. Even if you burn a small part, you still have to burn it as long as you're still within the radius. So, so why is our Mishnah only obligating those who burn the majority or all of it to burn it and the bira? Okay, so the Gemara answers, We're going to have three answers to this question. And all three of these answers have to do basically with um, the fact that we don't want to inconvenience people too much. So, for example... Our Mishnah is dealing, right, with, um, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, our Mishnah is dealing with a Balabais, right, somebody who's a resident of Yerushalayim. A resident of Yerushalayim has his own wood, so the only time we're going to say that you use the wood of the Beis HaMikdash is when we're going, is when he has uh, contaminated most or all of it. So that's what it means. Kan b'achsanai, kan b'balabais. That's what Chavim ba'ukva. That in the case of the Mishnah, or we learned earlier that anybody within the radius of Hart Sofim, we're going to let you. Uh, we're going to say, all right, dude, come back and burn it on uh, by the bira and use the atzei maracha. That's because this is a guy who came from afar. He's an achsanai. He's a visitor to Yerushalayim, and we're not going to make him right have to schlep his own wood. So even if he only contaminated a smaller part of his carbon. We're going to say, all right, just come back and use the Atze Maracha. Whereas if it's a resident of Yishalayim, he's got wood around. He's, he's close to home. So the only time we're going to let you use the Atze Maracha is if you're actually, uh, uh, full, contaminated more of it. Okay. Or, and so you see, right, throughout all these answers, it's a balance of how much we want to allow you to use the Atze Maracha for this burning procedure versus, right, how much we want to inconvenience you. No, they're both dealing with somebody who came from afar. However, right, where you already set out on your road, right, so then we're going to say, fine, you already set on, a, on your road, um, right, we're going to say that, that, that you, can, you should probably, you can come back even if you have only contaminated the minority of it. Our mission is a case where he didn't yet set on on the road. Okay. So in other words, since a person, when he's already heading home, right, and all he's doing is returning briefly to burn, uh, to burn the meat. So then we're not going to say, oh, in other words, you already packed up the car. Everyone is already in the car, the wife and the kids. We're going to, now you're going to have to go get more wood. We say, come on, all right, you already packed up the car, come back. Even if you only burn the minority of it, we're going to let you come back and burn the Yatsei Mareches, uh, use the Yatsei Mareches. But if you still haven't packed up 
and you already right. So and you you haven't said that on your way. So we're going to say we're only going to let you use the atzei mareches if the majority or the entirety of the carbon has gotten tummy. Okay. And the third answer, again, all of them similar, uh, from similar, coming from similar perspective of Zvid Amar, La'olam, Kedamar, Meikara. Actually, we go back to the original explanation, Kanabach Sanai, Kanabalabais, the Alpha Gav, right? But even though the Achsanai didn't sit on the road, right? He still didn't pack up. Achsanai came in the Leisley, Asahu, Ketsaikanim, right? A person, we've seen this also in Mesechas Brachos, right? And, and earlier, um, when, when we learned the idea that a, a visitor is considered like an ani, you might recall, in, in that context. So here we're saying a similar thing, that a visitor is considered like a cheapskate, right? And how do we know that? It's none, like we learned the Mishnah, that when a person is on the road, now we usually have a different mentality, right? We spend sometimes money uh, when we're on trips like drunken sailors, but some people are thrifty when they are on the trip, and that was the mentality then, that when you're in Achsanai, you don't have the ability and the access to as much funds, and therefore we treat you like somebody who would rather um, be able to use the resources of the base of and we allow that in order to burn that korban. Okay, now, let's go Let's go back to, to this interesting idea, 10 lines down on Pei Beis HaMadal, Tanar Banan, right, so if a person comes, this is an amazing brisa. If people come and they're burning In other words, we said that there's two possibilities, right? You could either burn in the bira, in the town square, so to speak, uh, with the atzei maracha, or you could burn in your backyard with your own wood. What if you want to burn in your own backyard, but take some wood for the road from the base of Mikdash, the atzei maracha? So ain't shomen lahem. Of course, you can't do that. How about lifneha beer meatze atzman? How about if you want to bring your own wood and use your own wood instead of using the resources of the base of mikdash? You want to bring your own wood to burn it lifneha beer. Ain shomen lahem. So that too is not allowed. So says the Gemara. Bishleim meatze maracha bechatzos sein ain shomen lahem. I can understand in that you're not allowed to use the right take the atze maracha home right to burn it in your backyard. Why dilma faishon minayu? You're going to what? You're going to say, you know what? I got my carbon puzzle. I'm going to burn it in my backyard. Let me just have some wood from the base of Mikdash to burn it. And then you're going to stock up. You're going to put the Atzei Marach in your Costco closet. And that's what you're going to use for firewood long term. That would be a problem. Right? That would be a misappropriation of the temple funds. That would be Me'ilah. Right, because to use it for anything other than specific, right, hectish needs is a problem of meila. So that we not, that is obvious why you can't take the atzim aracha home. my time alone. But why would we not allow you to bring your own wood to the base of mikdash? Aren't you saving the base of mikdash some some money for the firewood? It would be like a donation. That's a great thing. So. There are two answers provided. I want to talk about the first one. Rabbi Yosef Amar Incredible that it's like it's like um, takana, it's like wedding takanas, right? We're not going to allow anybody to bring their own wood because then it would become a thing. Did you bring your own wood? Oh, you used the base of mikdash. Oh, excuse. I'm sorry uh, that you weren't able to bring your own wood. And then people are bringing their own fancy wood, and then everybody's just bringing right. So when people bring their own wood. 
right, they, it becomes a thing and then it becomes a matter of pride to bring your own wood and then those who cannot afford to bring their own wood actually start getting embarrassed. Now, what's amazing about that is, as we said, the whole point of this process of burning the wood by the bira is the burning the carbon by the bira is to shame and embarrass the person. So this is where I wanted to discuss the Torah's perspective on shaming. That yes, it's true that we want to disincentivize people from getting their carbon tame, and therefore we are actually not afraid to make a public spectacle of per, of a person who was negligent. But by the same token, we could be extremely sensitive right, to an individual such that if they can't afford to bring their own wood, we, we're so sensitive to that that even people who can't afford it, we want to keep them away. So how do you balance these two? So I don't know the exact answer. You'll have people say, oh, well, it's a balance. And even when we're giving tough love, we're being very sensitive. But I wanted to say maybe something, perhaps something even more precise, which is that when there's things that you can control so we're willing to give, this is like what I think, what I'm getting out of it, it's like a Garano, it's Musa moment. The, the Hashkafa is when there are things that you can control, we're going to actually say, you know, you have to get up and you have to come to Dafyomi, right, on time. We're going to, we're going to shame you. You should, if it's a snow day, you should get up a half an hour earlier and not come 10 minutes late, like, like some people do. You're right, when, when, when you have that, you knew that it was going to snow. This was within your control. Oh, you couldn't control the snow. So if your car breaks down and it's something that's outside of your control, we're not going to shame you. We're going to be very sensitive. If you're an Ani or an Ashir, that's Biyad Hashem. So that we're extremely sensitive to. But things that you should be able to control, right? So then that we're going to use the public pressure of society to actually, right, that's why you have a kahal, because it's checks and balances, keeps everybody in check in order to maximize their potential. You're not supposed to take that personally. You're supposed to actually use that to incentivize you to fulfill your potential. I thought that was uh, amazing. Anyway, because with, right within the Mishnah that, that's shaming you, we're being very sensitive. That was within Rabbi Yosef. Rava Amar Shad. It's really a completely other, other different thing, uh, because we don't want once people start bringing the wood back home, right? So in other words, once people use their own wood and then they bring the leftover back home and then you see wood coming in and out, everyone's going to be choshed. Maybe you're using the atzei maracha. It's just too complicated. So leave the atzei maracha in the base of Mikdash. Leave your wood at home and just don't mix it up because that can lead to those kinds of problems where people get the wrong impression. Okay. Gemara asks, what's the nafka meaning between these two? So my benayu, so yike benayu, the icy kanai vecharayosa, right? Let's say you bring your own reeds or palm branches, the lochazadamaracha, which aren't fit to burning. So according to Yosef, right, we're, we're not going to let you use them. But Rava, right, is going to say that's okay, right, because we don't have an idea of chashad there. In other words, right, because you're not going to, we're not, because we know Right, that whatever leftovers you bring home, we know that that did not come from the base of Mikdash. So it's identifiable as not being from the base of Mikdash. Okay, they had a similar machlokas of Yosef and Rava in a different context with a similar nafkamina as follows. So Tanan Hasam, while we're on this topic, there's a Mishnah and Tamid, right, where we have the following idea. The Rosh Ma'amad, Hayamamid Malshar HaMizrach. What was going on here? Okay, so, the, we, there's something called the Ma'amad, right? The Ma'amados, and there's something called the Mishmaros. 
The Mishmaras was the group of Kohanim that were assigned to give the Korban Tamid, to, to sacrifice the Korban Tamid. The Ma'amadim is a group of people, right, who stood there to represent the Klal Yisrael, right? So again, when you bring a Korban Sibor, you bring on behalf of Kol of Klal Yisrael. So they had Ma'amadim, which is groups of people that are almost like the represent, the House of Representatives of Klal Yisrael, that, so that they should be present at the time that the Korbanos are being brought. Okay, that's called Ma'amadim. Now, when a coin be, became Tameh, they had an interesting practice that's similar to the practice indicated in our Mishnah, which is that he, they would take the Kohanim that became Tameh and they used to put them, like with a, so to speak, with a dunce cap, so not really, but they would put them, right, on the Shah HaMizrach on display so that people could see this coin is Tameh. Now, why would they do that? Was that public shaming? So that's one shita. My time, ask them, why would these Israelim, right, that, that represented Kal Yisrael, take those Kohanim, uh, from, right, Mishmaras, whichever Kohanim became Tameh, and put them on display in the Shara Mizrach? So, Amar of Yosef, uh, Levaishan. So, right? amazingly, the same machlokas that they have over here is the machlokas they have over there in Tamid. Rav Yosef says it's to embarrass those Kohanim. In order to, right, in order to disincentivize those Kohanim, from becoming Tameh, we're going to say, you know what, if you became Tameh, you're going to, everyone's going to know about it. And we're going to put you on display. Rava Amarmi Pnei Right, Rava said, we don't want to, what's the Chshad? In other words, Yankala Kohen is missing. So why is Yankala Kohen missing? Well, everybody knows why Yankala Kohen's missing. Because he has a hedge fund and he's a workaholic. Okay? And he... What couldn't miss work for this? That is a terrible, that's a de- terrible condemnation of Yankala the Kohen, because it means that his work was more important than coming to the base of Mikdash to do his appointed Mishmar. So that's a terrible thing. So Rava said the opposite. We're doing the opposite of embarrassing. When he became, if Yankala Kohen happened to become Tameh, we're putting him up there to show that even though Right, he became Tomei, he showed up for his, uh, to the base of Mikdash. He showed up for his base of Mikdash work and prioritized that over his regular work. That's what it means in Pnei Achshad. So what would be the Nafkami in that case? Ask the Mar, might be now. Ike now, Mifanke. Well, one thing is, Mifanke is what they call, Mifunak means a, right, somebody who's spoiled. In this case, it means like trust fund babies, right? Trust fund kids who don't work for a living. So nobody suspects that they, that they went to work because they don't go to work anyway, right? So for them, right, you wouldn't have to put them, according to Rava, you wouldn't even have to put them on display because they're, they're, they're bored. Of course they're in the base of Mikdash. The only reason you're putting, you would have to put them on display is to embarrass them for becoming tummy. Or Inami the Kagadil Shishura. Kagadil Shishura is braiding ropes, which is like a low-level job that no, that everybody would, he's like a toll collector, right? Nobody, everybody would want to miss the, uh, a day of work if they could, right? They're just waiting for jury duty or for the Mishmar, as it were. They can't wait to get out of work. So again, in that case, obviously they're, the reason they're absent is not because they're at work. Um, and that, and there's no shot of that, and therefore the reason would only, the only reason you'd put them up on the Shara's Mizrach is because of the reasoning of Yosef in order to embarrass them and disincentivize them from becoming tummy. Okay, beautiful, amazing Mishnah. Now we're on the Mishnah in the middle of Pei Beisam Adal Fesfal. So Pesach Shiatso Shenitma. Okay, so you took the, the Korm Pesach out of Yishalayim or became tummy. Now you became tummy, right? So now it's clearly talking about the Korm Pesach. Or it became tummy when? 
on Erev Pesach. So, right, you're not supposed to take it out of your Shalim, and you're not supposed to have it, tum- and you can't bring it, the Korban when it's Tameh, so when do you burn it? Right away. You Saref Miyad. You burn it right away. What about Nit Muhabayla Moshe Meitu? Right, there you can't just burn it without an inherent Psul. Right, so we're going to need to wait for the Tzura of the Korban to change. Right, you, you need to justify when you're burning Kachim, right, something that could have been useful, you need to justify it. So if something happened to the Bailam of the Korban Pesach, so the Korban Pesach is still, it's still valid. So then, says the Gemara, the Mishnah, to Ubar Tsuraso, the first, the actual Tsura has to be changed. You have to like wait for it to dry out and be invalid. And then be sarfishishasar. Now that kind of burning that you do for the Karm Pesach, you can't do that on Tesv, on Yantiv. You can't do that on Tesvav. Yeah, so therefore you're going to burn it the first day of Cholomoe. That's when you burn it. So again, if something inherent happens on Erev Pesach, you burn it right there. Because it's Erev Pesach, you can still burn it. But if something external happens, then you can't justify burning it yet. And you can't justify burning it on Yantiv itself. So then you're going to have to burn it on 16th. However, Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka Omer, Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka has a fascinating idea. He says, it's true that this carbon Pesach is kosher, so to speak, right? It's, it's, it's usable, but it has no owners. And if it has no owners, then there's nobody going to, it has, doesn't have anybody who would be able to eat it. And if it has nobody to be able to eat it, that does constitute, in essence, an internal, uh, right, uh, an integral Soul to that korban such that you can in fact burn it on the spot. Okay. So now where is the pasuk, the Gemara is going to ask, where is the source for burning, right, psule mikdashim altogether? When these korbanos become, right, disqualified, where's the source that you have to burn it? So the Gemara says as follows, Bishlema Tame, I understand an inherent psul, like something becomes Tame that has to be burned, because it says in the Pasuk, Sib, but Aishis Araif. Right? Straight up Pasuk. That if meat, right, of the Karbanos becomes Tameh, you have to burn it. Good. Uh, but if something was taken out of its boundary, right, which is an external psal, right? You take kosher carbon, carbon meat and you take it out of your shalim. How do you know that that gets burned? So the Gemara says, Hain lohuva es dama pnima. Okay. Well, this is a whole story. What happened? The Karbanos of the Hakamas of Mishkan. There is a dialogue between Aaron and Moshe describing these, regarding these Karbanos. And when you look at the Psukim, right, if you analyze the Psukim, you can see, you can infer from the Psukim what the dialogue was. And from the inference of that dialogue, you could figure out that, that in fact, you have to burn something that came from outside the boundary. Okay. An amazing thing, right? The art scroll t- takes it uh, and, and explains it, and the Gemara also does. So first we'll give a little background, right? It was Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Okay, so for the Rosh Chodesh Nisan, you had to bring, right, a chatas, right? The, in the Mus, in the Korban Musaf includes a chatas, okay? Now, the Pesukim himself says that the, right, the chatas was burnt rather than eaten on that particular day. Moshe saw that that's what Aaron and his sons did, that they burned the Korban chatas, which really should have been eaten, and he wasn't, and the Pasuk literally in the Torah says, How come you didn't eat this then? Right? It was supposed to be eaten. Why did you burn it? 
And that's where the, this Pasuk that we just quoted comes from. It says, <laughs> He said, The blood wasn't brought into the base of Mikdash. You should have eaten it as I had commanded. So the question is, is that what happened? He said, because the blood wasn't brought, that you should have eaten it? So now we're going to see, right, exactly how the Gemara is going to explain what happened. But there was definitely some sort of issue with this Korban Chatas that took place on that very fateful day where Moshe Rabbeinu felt that something wrong had been going on. This should not have been burned. It should have been eaten. He related to Aaron HaKohen. So now we're going to get a better appreciation for this Psukim. The Gemara actually now walks you through the inferences that aren't actually spelled out in the Psukim as follows. Says the Gemara, Moshe said to Aaron HaKohen, why do you not eat the Korban Chatas? Shema nichnas dama lifnai vilifnim. He says maybe the blood was in in the in the right in the lifnai lifnim. So amalo lav. No, that's not why. Amalo shema chutzim chitzasayasta. So then Moshe said to him, maybe because you went out of the tchum with the blood. Is that why you, why you didn't need it? So amalo lav because So Aaron said no. It was always exactly where it was supposed to be in in, in the chatzer. So Moshe Rabbeinu says to Aaron Akon, I'm alone. Then according to what you're saying, that it was always in the Chatzah where it was supposed to be, right? Then we say what? The Pasuk says the blood was not brought into the, right, into the area of, of the Chatzah. And the meat was always within the boundary. If that's the case, the Madu'a lo achaltimata. Then if that's the case, what you say is that it never left the chatzer, so why, in fact, did you not eat the korban chatas? Aha, so now the Gemara says that was the dialogue. From that dialogue, says the Gemara, Miklal, the inafka, inami, right, that if he had gone outside of the boundary, that, or it had the blood gone way inside the sanctuary, or inami, ayal damalifnim, basrefahi, in other words, right? That's how you infer from, from the conversation. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu says, why did you burn it? Did you bring the blood too far inside? It's a Kosh Kedashim. Did you take it outside the Tchum? Which is, implies that had he done those things, then burning it would make sense. The only reason he had a Shaila as to why he burned it is because he left it in the Chatzah where it was supposed to be. And if he, and Aaron Akarn had in fact done so, then he was supposed to eat it and not burn it. But from that inference, we learn that had he taken it out of the Chatzah, then certainly he would not have had to eat it. That would have justified him burning it. And that is the source that when you take the carbon outside of the boundary, even though that's not an inherent soul of Tumah, that in fact uh, justifies burning the carbon. Amazing. However, the Gemara says, nitma. I can understand that if it becomes Tame, so that's why I'd have to, uh, have to burn it. That is actually, the, the, the Psukim with regards to that is referring both to Kachim Kachim and Kachim Kalim. Uh, uh, and, and therefore, since when the Pasuk just straight out, straight out says, since it refers to Kachim Kalim that those get burnt, so certainly that would be true, right, with regards to all the Karbanas that we consider Kachim Kachim. But this external psal of taking it outside of the boundary, right, we learned that by the Korban Chatas, as we just mentioned, right, of Rosh and Musaf. So, those Musafim of Rosh those are considered Kachim Kachim. So, 
if you we if you learn it in the context of Katshe Kachim, Katshe Kalim Minalan, right? How would we know that you'd have to also burn the Katshe Kalim? As we know, the Katshe Kalim, as the as the phrase implies, are a more lenient form of Katshim than the Katshe Kadashim. So we can't, and so the Korban Pesach, which as we have already learned, is a type of Katshe Kalim, right? How could we infer the Korban Pesach from the from the case? Right, in the Torah of the Korban Chatas, right? It's possible, in other words, that even if the Korban Chatas would have to be burned, maybe the Korban Pesach wouldn't have to be burned. After all, it's not an inherent soul, and it's a lower, so to speak, level of Kedusha, a less, right, strict level of Kedusha, right? So that's the course, first question. The Su, and furthermore, another question, how did Tanya, we learned in the, in the Brisa, right, Lan Dama, that every time you have a Korban, if the blood is left over overnight, as we turn the page to Bezam and Bez, Nishbach Dama, then you spill the blood. Yatza Dama Chutzla Kalaim. However, if you take the dam, the, the blood outside of the curtains, right, of the Chatzar, which means you take it out of the Chatzar, the Kaimalan Bisrefa, right, in all of those cases, the Lacha is that, that you have to burn it. But where do we learn it, right? So, in other words, right, it sounds like Minolan, Rashi says over here, without the blood, right, we, we know that the carbon needs to be burned. So, but where do we learn it? So the Gemara answers, Nafkalon means Rishimon. We learn it from what Rishimon said, the Tanya, because we said in the Brahza, Rishimon Omer Bakodesh Ba'is Tisaref. Rishimon just learns it from the regular Pasuk, right, that if it's within the Kodesh, it has to be burned in the fire. Limit al Chatas. That is referring to the carbon Chatas, just the of a Kodesh, because, because that's burnt in the Chatzar. Ainly elazu bilvad, and that's only with regards to karmen chatas. Sharp suli kachim kachim beimur kachim kalim minayin. Where do we learn all the other lesser kachim from that they have to be burned? Talmud lomar vechol. Right, the pasuk actually, if you read it, it's in, in its entirety. Right, says vechol chatas asher yuva midama lo moed lachaper bekodesh lo teachel beeshi sereif. The word vechol implies that it's more inclusive than just the kachim kachim kachim. It also includes the Kache Kalim. So Bechol, and then later on, dot, 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 and then later on the Pasuk Bakosh, Beishti Saref, Ashkechon Kache Kachim. Kache Kalim Minalan. So the Gemara points out that this also, all those cases were only Kache Kachim. So even it, with the word Bechol, it ne- does not necessarily, right, include Kache Kalim. So the Gemara says, no. This is how you learn it. Ela Kol Psula Bakodesh Bisrefa. We hold like this. That you have to amend the understanding of the, of the psukim, that anything that becomes, right, that's kodesh, that, that has, that becomes puzzle, has to be burned. Loshna kachim kalim, veloshna kachim kachim, right, we're not gonna split hairs here and say that it, oh, this was only referring to kachim kachim, and we can't learn and infer kachim kalim from it, and how do we know that? Now the Gemara is gonna reveal to us. Gemara gamiri law, that's in fact the halacha lemoshim isinai. It's Allah Lamoshim Sinai that both Kachim 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 and Kachim Kalim are in fact burned once they become puzzle. The Khatas, the Aaron, and the reason the Torah mentions, right, the idea with regards to, to the Korban Khatas, which is Kachim Kachim, right, in other words, the Torah could have mentioned Kachim Kalim, and then we would have learned everything else, Kachim Kachim, from an inference, and that would have, from a Kalvachomer, and that would have been helpful, but that wasn't the carbon that was problematic, says the Gemara. In other words, that was the carbon that became problematic, so that's why the Torah is doing it. In other words, usually when the Torah is trying to teach you something, it's trying to teach you the more mechudish thing. 
But in this particular case, that happened to what the, right, the episode that happened with the Chathas that was burned happened to have happened with Kachek Kachim. But that doesn't mean that you can't learn Kachek Kalim from it. The Lachla Moshe Misinai is that whatever would, would um, apply to Kachek Kachim would apply to Kachek Kalim as well. That's the Lachla Moshe Misinai, and that's where we learn that the Korban Pesach also, which is Kachek Kalim, would also have to be burned if it became a uh, puzzle. Okay, Otana de Bevarbavua, Damar Afilu Pigol Tan Iburtsura, right, but according to Right, the Tana, who was in Rabbi Baravur's yeshiva, who says that even if something becomes uh, pigol, which is not right, right, which is an actual inherent right, um, uh, so they would need to have some sort of ibur tzura before it becomes right um, burnt. So minalan, where does he learn that? Yalef avon avon minoisar. So that he learns from Xerah Shava from Noisar. The word avon um, applies to Noisar. We know for Noisar that we do wait for Tzura. And Venelaf av, so, and therefore, just like by Noisar, we have to wait, <laughs> right? When something's left over, we can't just burn it. We have to wait for it to sort of like dry out and lose the, right, the Tzura of an actual carbon before we burn it, the Tzura that it had before. So similarly, right, that word avon applies by Noisar, and therefore it also should apply to pigul because the word avon also applies by pigul. But the Gemara asks, I even elf avon avon michatas de Aaron, but Aaron's chatas also, that became, right, inherently, um, inherently, um, uh, puzzle. And therefore, it, and the word avon also appears by the chatas of Aaron. So the question is, how do we choose which Shavu of avon avon to compare it to? Why would we compare it to Pigol? And why would we compare it to Nosar when we could compare it to the chatas of Aaron? So to that, the Gemara answer, answers, Amar lach, chatas de Aaron, ki hai gavna nami ibur tzur ladoris baya. Right? In the case of, of Aaron's chatas, that would, if that were to occur in the future, it would also require, right, a change of appearance. Right, in other words, the decision to burn that at once, in other words, the question is, in the case of Aaron, the idea, Aaron and his sons decided to burn it at once. They did not wait for Ibrut Surah. And in fact, the word Avon appears there too. So it's very confusing. Avon, if you're going to say that Avon means that it has to be like Nosar in the sense that you have to wait for it to have a Shinui Tzura in order to burn it, well, the word Avon appears by Aaron as well, and there they did not wait for a Shinui Tzura. So the Gemara is explaining that that was a Horas Shah. That was a very unique episode, as we previously described. And for that unique episode, you needed to have, right... You needed to burn it even though the word avon appears. So don't let this avon by Aaron distract you from what the real halacha is. The real halacha is with regards to pigol and with regards to nosar is that you have to wait for a shinut surah to burn it. So Bezat Hashem, um, we will figure out where we're going to continue. Uh, we're in the middle of Pei Beis, Beis. We're going to figure out uh, what spot we're going to pick up tomorrow.